Really Weird Stuff is a holistic Twin Peaks podcast. That means we discuss each episode within the context of the series as a whole. In other words, spoilers abound. Welcome to Really Weird Stuff, a Twin Peaks podcast, episode 13. I'm Jessica Baxter. I'm Annie Malone. And today we're discussing season two, episode five. (laughs) We have a method. And today we're discussing Season 2, Episode 5, The Orchid's Curse. This episode originally aired on October 27th, 1990. It was written by Barry Pullman, not to be confused with Bill Pullman, and directed by Graham Clifford. And to help us talk about this episode is my wonderful husband, (laughs) Chris Burgos. Hello. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Everyone's being really normal tonight. There's something in the, there's a weird breeze through the trees. Something's happening. It'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, those drugs we took had a deep smell to it. So. <laughs> Some really weird stuff. A oh, really smell. weird stuff. Yeah, there's allusions to the titular weird stuff. That's the weird stuff, is the deep smelling drugs. You're the titular weird stuff, baby. <laughs> Romance is not dead between us. Let's just get right into this episode, which opens on a fun shot at the front of the Salish Lodge, uh, a.k.a. the Great Northern. We never get to see this angle. I know, yeah, I was excited. I have been to Salish Lodge many times. Very recognizable. I've never been in it. What's it like? It's very nice. How how is it nice? It doesn't look anything like what the show shows no, that it, wood it, and the totem poles and stuff. No, it looks like that. It does. Like it, yeah, it's like very luxe, rich, like woodsy. It has a really nice spa. Maybe it's and like I mean, with a I sauna. Know if it looked like that then, but it's definitely updated versions of that look mm-hmm. now. Are there like taxidermied hooves holding up guns in all the rooms? No. I don't think so. Not anymore. <laughs> or like little native ceramic statues on bedsides and there's all kinds of weird, there's like a bass in Cooper's room. <laughs> yeah, no, the, I mean, the, it's nice. It's like luxury. It's like they all have fireplaces mm-hmm. and soaking tubs. It's, it is a yeah. nice place. It's a nice place. It's not the kind of place that just anybody visiting no. <laughs> this small town would be No, it's like a getaway, like, where, yeah. yeah. It's a spa. It's right? a destination it's a kind of, yeah. Lodge, the lodge, lodge and spa, spa. Yeah. yeah. It's so nice. Anyhoozle. In this context, it is <laughs> <laughs> the Great Northern Hotel, a reasonably priced accommodation. But apparently the beds are not great because, once again, Cooper had a rough sleep. This guy. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I know he also has... Drinking coffee after dinner. Drinking yeah. coffee after dinner. He was shot four days ago. Right. <laughs> that seems like more likely what's going on. 
I love how he's like, I'm just going to push all that down. Uh, so little... specific. I'm a yeah. cul-de-sac in a <laughs> suburb of my mind. Persistent soreness in the rib area, which I'm feeding each morning with 15 extra minutes of yogic discipline. After which, thankfully, the pain retreats to a cul-de-sac in a distant suburb of my conscious mind. That's so specific. It's like his mind is really the city, and so the cul-de-sac in the suburb is like a real, really the outskirts of his mind. I oh, guess. yeah. What, he... what else is out in the suburbs? I'm thinking the neighborhood in Blue Velvet is like yeah. where he's pushed it. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's like Crossover. <laughs> it's the ear. His pain is on a whole other mystery right now. <laughs> <laughs> Going out on a date with Diane. I'm going to begin today with the headstand. Uh, Diane, I'm now upside down. Mind becoming porous. Today's tasks coming into focus. Objects growing clearer. Does he talk to Diane through his yoga every day on the tape recorder? <laughs> That's what I want to know. He's like, Diane, I am about to do a headstand. She just must fast forward through so much, so many. How does she things. know how She's to like, do? Yeah, <laughs> She's definitely like, fuck you, Cooper, so many times. Oh, God. I don't think he's doing yoga every day, though. Otherwise, he would have seen that note. He would have been yeah. doing down dog. And I think, well, because he hadn't been able to do it. Yeah. That's like probably the first day he's able to get back and do his yogic practice. <laughs> right. Because of being shot four days ago. I know that note. That mm. elusive note. He finally finds it. Diane, the giant was right. I did forget something. We've gone north. Jack may have the answer. Love, Audrey. Love Audrey. Aww, <laughs> she throws my special there. agent, yeah. Oh, the other interesting thing about this is that he has that bed head again. <laughs> he does, yeah, he has his dream bed head. That swoop. He sleeps on his, on left, his left side, side with all his <laughs> hair gel in. <laughs> yeah, doesn't take a shower does not before get bed. Get the gel really... out of the hair before he goes to bed. He's hitting the sack pretty late, I guess. <laughs> There's no beauty routine after the day. He no. just goes right to bed. That's what I do too. Fair. Hopefully he's getting those pillowcases changed every day, otherwise there's a lot of gel on those things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they provide that service. Yeah. He's changing linens. Yeah, that was before the... Before hotels stopped doing that. Like yeah, yeah, before you put the sign out or whatever, like the... They're yeah, they, the you know, they, yeah, you have to leave something a certain way if you want the sheets changed every day. Yeah. At the police station, <laughs> Hawk enters in a rush... He was out already. He's had a busy morning. He was just out by the Pearl Lakes. Hey, I thought we'd lost you to the Kalispell Woods. Two retired female school teachers live in that house next to the Palmers. They have no memory of a gray-haired man. Oh, I had to drink three pots of chamomile tea to find that out. Which reminds me, would you excuse me for a minute? Sure. The two retired the two female school teachers, just <laughs> friends, living <laughs> together. Just some lifelong friends, roommates. <laughs> two spinsters. I, just, I do really love that detail. Two retired female school teachers. Right. Looks <laughs> like Barb and Star. I like, it could be I like Barb. Maybe they are Barb and Star. <laughs> I like everything plain. <laughs> they like their chamomile tea. It's really the best flavor. <laughs> but anyways, they have no memory of a gray-haired man living next door. Mm. He says it took two pots of chamomile tea to get that out of them, which it's really fun to imagine. I wish we could have seen that scene. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Is there a deleted scene of the two ladies with the chamomile tea? <laughs> An ever-helpful Harry, keeping everything running, says, 
Keep looking for that one-armed man. Mm, keep looking for the one-armed man. We gotta find him. Who has a name, by the way. His <laughs> right. Name is Gerard. Yes. Philip Gerard. Stop being so ableist, everybody. Hey. Yeah, hey. we. What's his <laughs> name? <laughs> 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 He's like munching on a donut and like, we're gonna find him. Like, yeah, I'm sure. That stare. has a lot of patience with these people, to be honest. <laughs> really does. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what that we means. <laughs> I'll be driving back out to the fucking Pearl Lakes again. <laughs> Maybe it's better that way. Maybe he likes not having to be in the office all day with these crazy people. Like Lucy. <laughs> did you notice there are so many donut boxes in I this did. scene? I, like a whole stack from the floor. There were donut up. boxes, and on top of the boxes were donuts. <laughs> Not in the boxes, maybe, but maybe there were. And then behind them, there was a plate the big, piled the big high tray. with donuts. Yeah. Why did they do this? <laughs> And Harry's going to town on them already. I mean, at least he's eating one. It's probably Hopefully like it's fresh. 7, 8.30, 8 o'clock. Coop got up at 6.42. So it's like early morning still. Gosh, did Hawk like <laughs> spend the night? Like, yeah. We met them at like 5 a.m. It seems Weird. like. Weird, yeah. <laughs> seems like that, yeah. Girlfriend, no way. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's no way he's getting paid enough for this. Excuse me, Cheryl. I just wanted to say goodbye because... As you know, I'm going down to Tacoma for two days to visit my sister Gwen and her husband Larry, who had a baby last week. Right. That is, Gwen had the baby, Larry's the father. Why did she come into work that day? <laughs> I think, no, I think because she was going she was to show the, the girl, can-do. the can-do girl, yeah. As soon as the can-do temp girl gets her, I'll explain the phones and the coffee and the intercom. It's okay. The we got it covered. And they're like, it's okay. You can leave. She wants to go to Tacoma for two days, which she says back to Tacoma, which is where she was from. Right. Love it. That's a long drive. <laughs> she's only going for two days. It's going to be like a seven-hour drive. But, but she's anyway. not going to Tacoma. Yeah, she does. She doesn't get that abortion. She did consider it an abortion. Oh. Yeah. She was just calling the <laughs> Adam's abortionary. <laughs> she, she was just calling around asking about abortion pricing. And... <laughs> Yeah. Thought maybe had she got as far as Adam's. She called Aaron's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I would call like Amy's or Aunt. I would like a, a female-owned business. You know. Maybe, maybe it's Amy Adams. Okay. <laughs> Is that what she did before she got famous? All right, we're doing great with streamlining this podcast tonight. Leave it in. Right. <laughs> we're still in the second scene of this episode. My God. Oh, my God. Oh. Anyways, I love the line, though, that she's hanging around to teach the phones to the temps, which is also crazy because Lucy's not great with the phones. <laughs> right. But then I love her line. Sometimes the candy girls can I think that's a great delivery on that line. It's a fun line. Harry's pushing her out the door, literally pushing her out the door. Uh, she runs into Coop, who ever the gentleman holds the door for her, instead of pushing, pushing her, her through out, it. Pulling her through. Have a safe trip, Lucy. Harry asks, what's the word on our delivery tonight? And Coop says, We won't need it. We got the jump on him. I know where Audrey is. They have a plan. We got the jump on him. They got the jump. Yeah. Finally, we're in the third scene of this episode at the Johnson home it's where Squiggy. fun character, Tim Pinkle. 
Mr. Pinkle, mm -hmm. I want my cousin Leo to have the fullest possible experience of life. Well, that's what we're here for. Tim Pinkle was previously mentioned by Pete. Oh. He is Tim of Tim and Tom's Taxidermy. What? And he also <laughs> used to have a taxi with antlers and his brother Tom was blind and he would give him directions. What? <laughs> That was like something that Pete kind of rattled off earlier. When he so was he's like about. a taxidermist and also an insurance guy? Taxi. This guy Crooked does insurance not know what he wants to do with his life. I guess not. Right now he's an insurance agent. Later he'll return as a pine weasel expert and then he'll choreograph the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. Oh, <laughs> jack of all trades. Or none. Master of none. <laughs> right, that's true. Jack is yeah. not really. I, mean, I guess Jack is not that great. He's not the ace of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jack Or the ace can be low. When you're, when you're a Jack, does that mean you're alright? You're doing okay? I don't Jacks know. are not bad. I thought it was just a guy okay. named Jack. Is he time. a dilettante? Because isn't that what that means? People who dabble? Like dabble. a dabbler, but not great at anything? Yeah. yeah. He's probably a dilettante, yes. <laughs> the word that the word dilettante sounds doesn't match with the meaning of the word dilettante. Right, it, I agree me. with you. Like dabbler is a I feel that way about it. chuffed, too. It always doesn't like, sound it like sound it. Good, yeah, it doesn't uh, sound good. It's like chafing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I got chafed. If I'm that. chuffed, that doesn't I'm sound well good. Yeah, oh, God, no, thank you. Tigers don't roar they chuff that's why i think of chuffed oh. like the noise a tiger makes it's like uh, uh, it's chuffed. <laughs> what sound does a tiger make chuffed. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting off track again mr pinkle is installing some clearly very defective yeah what pinkle. i don't what is it pinkle 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 that's really good pinkle 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 I don't even get what it's supposed to. It's like it, it's supposed to like lift you and move you two feet side to side. What? Yeah, it's to hoist him into bed. It's to hoist him into bed. So oh, can't that makes sense. Him. Okay. Yeah. Now That's I got all it. it's supposed to do. It's not supposed to take you all around the room. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's supposed I'm to like, just go up and over and back. Like ah. a little swivel, gentle swivel, rather than a perky jerky. It still seems very elaborate for this purpose. It's elaborate for a gag in the TV show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, someone really had to make it. A lot of gags in this particular episode are a little on the nose for mm -hmm. me. And like, not particularly funny at yeah. this point in my life. But I do remember the first time I watched this thinking that scene was pretty funny. Yeah. And it stayed with me, I think, mm -hmm. because also I really like the actor. Squiggy. And, yes. I know Squiggy from my childhood watching Limerick and Shirley. And there is no reason on earth why Prince Charming cannot walk through our front door. Hello. <laughs> David L. Lander is this actor's name. Yes, a.k.a. Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. I loved that show. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun show. I really loved that when I was a kid, too. I wonder how it holds I up. I did, too, yeah. I don't think it was meant for children. They were always, like, going on dates. I remember being like, this is what it will be like when I am a grown-up. Yeah, but it was really also... excited about it. It was one of those things, like, the stuff that was on TV back then where it's, like, the sexual politics are so strange. Like, Shirley was dating Carmine forever, but, like, the most they ever did was, like, kiss on the cheek, kind of. And it'd be like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think they went on double dates a lot. Yes, they went on double yeah. dates. Which Laverne, Shirley, Lenny, and Squiggy? No. No. Yeah. Lenny and Squiggy, like, always were, they like, were, like hitting on them all yeah. the time. They wanted to date them. Yeah. And they were not interested. 
Right. And then... Did Laverne ever have a boyfriend? I think she had lots of boyfriends. Like, she was sort of, like, the slutty one, but it's unclear what's really happening. She, like, went to dinner a lot with people. Like, so slutty. It's not clear. Anyways, that's Laverne and Shirley. Uh, (laughs) Right, but this is relevant because it was Squiggy who's playing Pinkle, Pinkle, Pinkle. Pinkle, Pinkle. I love Bobby's... He does some good physical comedy in this. Bobby's very good. Yeah, Um, and Shelly looks smoking hot in this She looks awesome. Oh my God, Shelly. Shelly looks gorgeous. Shelly crazy hot. That's in my notes. In that green velvet dress. Yeah, and her hair is killing it. They have a lipstick. Yeah, she looks very good. Yeah, she looks nice. She looks great. She's very femme fatale, kind of. Yeah. But she's going to make the most of it by making out with Bobby while (laughs) Mr. Pinkle is... Stuck in his contraption. Obviously, he's a very sleazy Mm. insurance guy who basically just straight up mentions that they're like taking way too much money off the top. After we take our cuts, all that's (laughs) left is this or a wheelbarrow, basically, is what he says. And then he also says, the machine is like a woman, we always say at the shop, as he's hitting it. (laughs) Yes! Not a great analogy there. I don't want to go to that shop ever. Right. <laughs> That's a joke that doesn't really land anymore. No, no, <laughs> the whole day. Hitting a woman joke. Right. So Shelly's got to go to the hearing. First, they're going to make out. Outside me. I really like Mr. Pinkle's line about I've got a problem here and I like that he calls him Bob. Yeah. Bob? (laughs) Then we're at court, aka the roadhouse. I have so many questions (laughs) about this. Why is court at the roadhouse? Yeah, I don't know why they don't have a courthouse, especially since they had, like, a hearing, like, the hearing for Hank's... Right, yeah, that uh, was in a normal place. Parole was... Maybe it was yeah, at the prison. That must have been at the prison, uh, yeah. which but, might have been a drive. Oh, parole hearing. Yeah. yeah. Isn't there a courthouse? Like, follow-up question. Okay, why is it at the roadhouse? And also, did someone just sweep the middle? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, covered with peanut shells, <laughs> except for, like, the aisle. peanut shells. But somebody clearly roadhouse. swept in the middle, cleared yeah. out an aisle for people to walk down. I wonder if that's why there's that really long scene in The Return of Sweeping. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, like, it takes 10 minutes. Minutes at least to sweep this place because there's so many fucking peanut shells everywhere. <laughs> we don't have that kind of time. We're having court. We have two meetings yes. today. <laughs> it's uh, so strange. It is very strange. I mean, apart from obviously budgetary reasons. I mean, they could have easily just redressed the roadhouse set and not had the exterior that was the Bang Bang Bar. Right. And, like, had some other exterior of a building, and we would have been like, it's the courthouse. Or it could have been, yeah, or they could have used what they used for the parole hearing, you know? Yeah. Like... I know. It's I mean, really weird. <laughs> They're trying to have it both ways again with the, like, there's 50,000 people in this town, mm-hmm. but we act like there's 5,000. Mm-hmm. Like, there are 5,000 people. Yeah. It makes sense in that context. It doesn't make sense if it's a town of 50,000 people. You need a working judicial system. Right. Yeah. They don't really have a working judicial system. No, they don't. And, I mean, I guess so that's I true. If, like, makes... a judge has to come from out of town. Yeah. 
Like, it's that's so, how rare. That's yeah. yeah, not 50,000 people. If, like, it's so rare that you need a judge that there's not one there. Like, traffic there's one stops. Comes, at the very least, yeah. you need something. I like, wonder if this is where, just... like, the idea of circuit courts come <laughs> from. You know, like, the, the, the Ninth mm. Circuit. Mm-hmm. There's actually right. judges going around to different places, and they'd saved up all their disputes for the judge. Yeah. Who traveled to. And so they're, it's, like, old-timey. It is. And, uh, I guess that's what this is. That's yeah. what they're trying to kind of give us that feeling. And also, it makes more sense that how like haphazard all the justice in Twin Peaks is, based on the way oh it's done. Oh my god! Oh god! Hello. It's so bad. Judge Sternwood is the worst. He is not. Good. I would like also drinking on the job is not great. I don't think the judge should like. <laughs> let's take a break to get some weird drinks. I don't think the judge. Is should that why cut it's in a bar? Da, while he's still mid-arguments. <laughs> Among the various crimes Leo Johnson is suspected of, the murder of Laura Palmer is a sort that can wound an entire town. As long as Leo Johnson carries a oh, he is right. as right. imminently right. deserving of a trial as this all community right. is of a sense of revolution. All right. Now, if, if, have a seat, Mr. Longwick. <laughs> the DA is not having a good day. It's so fucked up. <laughs> it's hard to respect the guy with that yellow Colonel Sanders tie. No, that guy he lets <laughs> say his whole deal. Well, he's the DA. He's, okay, so he's... The other he's, guy's the prosecutor. Oh, I thought DA no. was, like, district attorney is the DA. Yeah, that's... DA and prosecutor is the same Lauder. thing, I think. Oh. Yeah. Daryl Lodwick is the guy who's saying Leland should not have bail because he had premeditated murder. We, the people of the state of Washington, move that defendant be denied bail on the basis of, one, the great seriousness of the crime for which he has been accused. Two, the apparently premeditated nature of this act. And three, the off-witnessed instability of Mr. Palmer during the period following the death of his daughter. And then Harry stands up and says, well, his family's lived here for a hundred years. Right. And the judge is like, good enough for me. I know. Like, should a (laughs) cop testify? I mean, I feel like that isn't right. I mean, ACAB anyway. But like... Are cops testifying at bail hearings? I don't feel like they As should. As a character witness? For the, right. For a murder trial? Pro- I mean, I feel like they should not. Although it is interesting, the line, no one can know what it's like to lose a daughter the way Leland did. No one can know what's like to lose a daughter the way Leland did. It is very interesting yes, because be- he's more right than he knows. Exactly, right. That's such a specific way to say it. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> extremely accurate. Yeah, but inaccurate if things are the way he thinks they are. Because if it's just his daughter was murdered, then Sarah knows what it's like to lose a daughter in that way. Right. It is a very interesting line, the way it's written. The right. Way well, like, the way know. Leland lost her was to be possessed by an evil spirit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it would be strange. Yeah. Right. I don't think anyone knows what that's no. like. Yeah. yeah. Only that guy. Barely, right. barely, Leland barely knows what that's like. <laughs> oh, Leland. Leland is very neat, oh, though. Oh, he's so neat. Very yeah. neat. And yeah. very calm. Mm-hmm. So chill. He's he bobbing he's out. He doesn't really have any lines. I don't think no. he does, no. He just kind of smiles. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have to talk about how Sarah is. Yes, 
She's behind. She seated herself behind a post. Sarah's like he's looking around. Despite, like just move, Sarah. Despite three empty seats. Yeah, she bought the obstructed view seats cheaper <laughs> at the roadhouse. Oh my God. She got scared about moving. Even Maddie should just switch with her, right? I know. Wait, it's Maddie. Right. Can. <laughs> literally picked the worst well, it's so weird to have her peering around. Why? What a strange choice. Yes. I, yeah, I, mean, I thought maybe it was to distance herself from Leland. Hmm. But she but, keeps looking around. But then she does like keep like, peering yeah. around. I want to think they just like didn't block the scene ahead of time, and then she said, "There's like, oh crap!" <laughs> they just rolled. Like she it. doesn't know she's on camera. <laughs> So like she didn't know that she, you know, she just sat there. I don't know. They're like, oh, you sit there, and then they realized after they were shooting that like there was, a, she was behind oh, the pole. Yeah, and so. and like, that's where you have to sit because you're there in the wide shot. <laughs> She's actually the prop master. <laughs> Fuck! You dropped the ball on this one, Risky. You're fired as prop master. Oh, well, she does a great job, like with her face acting. I don't think she says anything either, but she's yeah. like really expressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Those two, they don't even need to say oh, anything. Oh god, they have so much the presence. They the Gosh. <laughs> when like two lawyers are bloviating yeah. oh, my god. the two Palmers steal the scene without saying anything. It's incredible. Sternwood could hardly stand listening to Lodwick talk. <laughs> Literally as soon as he starts giving his argument about why Leo should stand trial. Sternwood starts like rolling his eyes and clearing his throat. It's like so unprofessional. I hate him. I mean, it is very silly that Leo's like practically in a coma. Why are they having a hearing about whether to do a trial right now? Because I guess they have to. Oh, because like, that's when the judge is in town or something? Yes, because he's in the hospital. They need to release him from the hospital uh. and either bring him to jail or send him home with Shelly. And I know he's a vegetable, and I know his turn couldn't possibly know that he will wake up eventually, <laughs> or how much psychological stress Shelly's under just from having Leo there at all. But I still just hate that he doesn't even listen to Lodwick's arguments. Like, right. he might have a couple good points. It's like his fucking right to finish his argument. <laughs> you let the other guy say his shit. The other guy, who is Jack Racine... That's Leo's attorney. He is played by Van Dyke Parks, a film composer. Oh, <laughs> who, strange. Who composed the music on Popeye and The Brave Little Toaster. Oh, love The Brave Little Toaster. Yeah. I mean, all this kind of unprofessional stuff seems totally in character for Sternwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we've been introduced to his methods. I and hate uh, him. the only thing yeah, about this scene that is, I think, a new twist on Sternwood is that the drink he picks for them all to drink is Ugh. so kooky. Yeah. And it's got like blue whipped cream on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's I, something I, that they he's... were drinking bourbon last night. Like, keep him as a bourbon man. He doesn't right. like switch now to whatever that thing is. This is his day drink. He has a crazy name. Can you fix this up with three black cucumber sucker punches? Harry and downs it. Yeah. Kuflik keeps picking it up, but not actually drinking it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it looks disgusting. Right. Well, also, they shouldn't be drinking yeah. on the job in the There's morning. There's a lot of drinking in this episode. That's definitely a motif. Just, like, a lot of this... day drinking. Because Harold's oh, constantly yeah. day drinking later. <laughs> He's always got a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> 
A lot of smoking, I noticed in the episode. A lot as of well. smoking and day drinking. It, yeah, but and also heroin was... too. <laughs> I mean, a lot of day heroin no, use. No, a lot of day heroin. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. Okay, yeah. I feel like heroin should be a day. Heroin o'clock. No, that sounds right. There was a bartender in New York City who tried to replicate the. They're called Black Yukon Sucker Punches. What do you think's in them? It's like Well, this bartender, when he made it, he made coffee bean infused, sweet vermouth, bourbon, cream to cacao, and blue tinted whipped cream. It just sounds very sugary. <laughs> whipped cream's so good though. It sounds like something you get at Starbucks at Starbucks at a bar. <laughs> yeah. I like whipped cream, but I just don't want it in my bourbon. I want my bourbon in my whipped cream, but not my whipped cream in my bourbon, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> bourbon whipped cream is very good. Yeah, I once dropped some pie into my bourbon and I pretended like I like it that way. <laughs> I think it's time for me to admit that I don't really like it that way. It was an accident. So if there is ever a cooking contest, I should serve you a piece of pie in a glass of bourbon. Soaked in bourbon. In a glass of bourbon is too much bourbon. You want that ratio to be just right. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I just want to say about this courtroom is that Ben's tie is the first time we see Ben Horn's tie. And it really looks like something that Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell wear. Also, like, why is Ben there? He's just he there has to no see real if his reason. contract lawyer is going to go to jail or not. Oh, right, right, I right. Think, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because Leland does work for him. I forget. <laughs> So as soon as he hears that Leland's out on bail, he is out of there because he's got money to make. Mm-hmm. I thought Leland was going to represent himself. Yes! Leo's lawyer wasn't there when it was yeah. Leland's part. It was like the DA said all the stuff about right. Leland, and then Harry got up and said stuff. Okay, and good point, yeah. He starts out pleading not guilty. So Leland does make the plea. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really elaborate, because like, he for sure already confessed, <laughs> but the time for him making a case would be right. later, theoretically. <laughs> right. Also, like, he, I mean, he is a lawyer. Like, he might know whether that confession is admissible, which maybe it's not. You know. Right. But he's a contract lawyer. But anyway, yeah. It wasn't a good He could have looked it up. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. In the law library. Well, and also, you can argue something even if it's not true. You sure can. Mm -hmm. Yes. In fact, you can. You can say anything in court. It does not have to be true. (laughs) In between these court scenes, we go visit Harold. Ugh. I wrote Ugh Harold, though I do like his shirt, but he answers the door holding a glass of rosé. <laughs> it's probably like 11 a.m. Right. <laughs> Donna brings him a meal on wheels and a proposition. I'll share my life with you. I'll tell it to you. Part of your living novel? If you let me read Laura's diary. And he's like, okay, but you can't have it have it i will read it to you because he really loves having that level of control over women mm-hmm. the bargain has been struck this is like hannibal lecter's quid pro quo with clarice yeah. but the characters involved are not quite up to the mental challenge oh yeah <laughs> they're not really the geniuses it's that we see a, in silence of the lambs quite a mental tete-a-tete <laughs> as it is two idiots having a conversation <laughs> oh two pretentious idiots i find it interesting that he keeps a bunch of empty composition notebooks in his secret shelf oh i, I didn't think that they were all empty well but he pulls one out of there and opens it up it's all fresh right it's down on there <laughs> yeah i just funny. assume I that they're all empty but it's just funny that yeah. he keeps empty ones in there like why I don't know. For this exact for, yeah, purpose. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. I have He's like empty notepads all over my house. But like, do you have them in your secret bookshelf? I'm not going to tell you because it's a secret. <laughs> okay. It sounds like he does. If I had a secret bookshelf. I'm just saying anywhere in my house that there were notepads, some of them would be written in and some wouldn't. All right. Never mind. I retract that <laughs> statement then. 
I mean, there's so much that's legit weird about yeah. Harold. You know? Sure. He's meant to be weird. There's like a whole ritual about how he writes in his book where he's got the little bookmark that he kind of lays across and does the folding. Yeah. That's also... Like, begin. I'm ready. <laughs> that's like a little motif and this is people writing things down or handwriting or, you know, drawings. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of, like, pen to paper in this yeah. episode. Oh. Like, also, Lucy's scribbles all over right. the blotter and post-its mm-hmm. all over yeah. Andy and Andy's drawing <laughs> and the two different maps that people drew and it's a lot. There was a PA that was very busy like writing notes. Yeah. <laughs> so he asked her to begin and she <laughs> says I was born <laughs> in a hospital. My father delivered me. <laughs> and then she elaborates he's a doctor. <laughs> Are you allowed to deliver your own baby? I don't think your you're hospital? supposed to do that. I really <laughs> don't think it's. Yes. <laughs> Forget about it. It's I mean, I did, right. Forget it, Bex. It's <laughs> okay, that's a good point. You're right. There is no law here. There's no- <laughs> I'm sure Harry said it was fine, you know. <laughs> Also, Doc yeah. Hayward is Drive the only Dr. doctor Hayward for any Out of any room. He'll always be there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whether you do or not. Yeah. He's like, I was there. Why not? <laughs> He's never too far away, that Doc Hayward. Donna immediately turns the tables on Harold and is like, where did you grow up? And he says, Boston. And then he says, the most annoying thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Well, actually, I grew up in books. Actually, I grew, I grew up, up in books. books. Ugh, shut up. And you then Donna takes that cue to flirt. There's things you can't get in books. And then he takes the cue right back. Right. Who wants to do her? <laughs> there are things you can't get anywhere. <laughs> though you'll look for them in other people. <laughs> God. I and then Donna that. says, maybe our dreams are real. Maybe our dreams are real. I always like any line that's about dreams being real. I don't mm-hmm. know. In this show. Yeah. That's always good. There's also a lot of talk of dreams in this episode. Hmm. And then she snatches the diary and tries to coax him outside. Maybe I'll read it out here. I'm alone. Wait. I've only just started. Why don't you come with me? Hey, that's such a TV thing. Like, I can cure agoraphobia. Yeah. <laughs> Just tell him to go outside. It's also TV agoraphobia. Like, he would <laughs> step outside and then He's basically notice. a vampire. He looks at the side and goes like... And then melts to the ground. That I just feel is just Harold being yeah. so extra. Yeah. Okay, possibly. Yeah. And then the way he recovers enough to grab the diary and clutch it to his chest. Right. Makes me think he's faking. I think he is faking, yeah. Faking is maybe not the exact word, but like... He's playing it I think he's just being a big drama queen, you know? <laughs> yeah. He gets her to give the diary back and go back inside. Right. So it works. So there you go. Yeah, it's not bad. She needs to go to the Josie Packard school of how to influence men with <laughs> your sexual right. wiles. Yeah. I mean, she's not good in the long con, she's you know? Not as good like, at it. I mean, she's better than Blackie, she's though. She's <laughs> For example. Yeah. Oh, poor Blackie. I mean, I guess Blackie's terrible, but... Yeah, I don't feel that bad for Blackie. (laughs) She definitely makes a woeful miscalculation. Yeah. You have to watch these. They sneak up on you. Oh, and then the other thing we didn't mention after they drink their Yukon Mm -hmm. sucker punches, Sternwood decides to just go with whatever Harry and Coop recommend. Right. Harry, what's the temperature of the town? Uh, They want a trial or a lynching? They want the right man brought to justice. Well, they don't need a circus. And this poor bastard, he 
wanted to be a heavy cabbage. Harry goes to tell Shelley that Leo is coming home. And she thanks him and smiles sweetly, but then she looks so sad after he leaves, and the camera lingers on her face, and I hate it. It makes me so... I just think about all that's to come for her, and I don't like that she's about to have a terrible time. Yeah. And we're at the Hurley home. Yeah, yeah. Ed's bringing Nadine home, and James greets them. Boo. (laughs) Who are you? Who am I? Go to the high school. Well, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it took me a second. You're not in any of my classes. She still doesn't remember him, which is Yay. Great. <laughs> Who are you? We get another little shot of her ceramic menagerie, which is With fun. The, the eye patch one, yeah. Nadine is still acting like she's in high school, and Ed tells James they have to roll with it. <laughs> Doc Hayward <laughs> says, roll with the punches. This is just a weird exposition. James is almost like acting like the audience right now. Like, what if right. she goes to see Jacoby, our town psychiatrist? Yay. And Ed's like, well, he's in Hawaii recovering from his heart attack. Right. Mm. Yes. In case people haven't been paying attention. Yeah. So no Jacoby right now. We will get Jacoby later on this. And then Nadine goes to get a drink <laughs> and she comes back and she's ripped the refrigerator. That's around. really funny. It just came right off. <laughs> That's like a fish and percolator contender for me, for sure. Like, she just walks in with the fridge door in her hand, yeah. like, whoops. I do love her own surprise at it. She's yeah. just like, it just came off in my hand. Uh, also, she's very striking that she's wearing these big yellow gloves. Mm-hmm. Gloves are kind of a motif. Yeah. Later on, you see Maddie a close-up of Maddie later. with her leather gloves. Or a couple close-ups, because she's, like, in the bush, and then she's feeling <laughs> around for the secret knob. Secret <laughs> gloves. When we had a Twin Peaks party when I was in college, the girl that we had come as Nadine, we teased her about ripping refrigerator doors off. <laughs> we worked together in the cafeteria. Yeah. Aww. But she didn't. Did she have a refrigerator door? <laughs> she might she... have. I can't remember for sure. <laughs> I'm getting it all confused. That's a good she prop if you're Maybe Nadine. that's why we had her come as Nadine. <laughs> she just had superhuman because strength. she was super strong. <laughs> and clumsy. <laughs> Yeah, because I guess, yeah, if you don't know your super strength, then you're just going to break a lot of shit. Yeah, I like when superhero movies start with the superhero, like, not being able to control their powers very well. Mm-hmm. Punching holes in walls, or <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man making a mess of his webs. spider spooch. <laughs> spider spooch. <laughs> At the Great Northern, we yes. get another exterior of the Salish Lodge. Yeah. This time with a special sign. A special sign that says the Great Northern. Yeah, I wonder where that sign is now. It's not there. No, I assume not. And then in Ben's office, Mr. Totomora is here. Oh, boy. Mr. Totomora is here. Mr. Who? Oh. It's so horrible. I am an Asian investor. (laughs) I represent Asian Investment Bank. We have superior offer for Ghostwood Project. The uh, firm is called the Asian Investment Firm. Yes, maybe you've heard of us. Right. Ben is fooled. So Asians the, love the, it when they're all just lumped together, yes. you know. The Asian Investment Firm of Hong Kong. That's just, every the Asian country has one. Right. Has a branch. <laughs> oh my god. It's terrible. And I don't like the angle of the camera in this scene. Hmm. Like the way it's shot across the desk. Hmm. It's like really low. I like a lot of the direction in this episode, but I don't like the way this shot... Of Mr. Tojimura's right. setup. Yeah, they're definitely trying to not reveal Mr. Tojimura's true identity. Yes. With right. strange camera angles, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Yeah, that's probably part of it. 
I know, it's hard to watch and remind yourself that you're not supposed to know who this is. Mm-hmm. That you're supposed to take this as the storyline yeah. is about some Asian man person. who has shown up. Yeah. <laughs> Her voice that she's doing reminds me of when Princess Leia puts that voice disguiser on. <laughs> you're dope. To rescue on Solo. <laughs> I feel like that's what's going on there. She's got a thermal detonator. <laughs> Anyway, she knows Ben well enough to know that if she hands him a check for $5 million, he will not question anything further. And that is exactly what happens. I mean, she was pretty convincing. She had that guy with her. <laughs> right. Yeah. She has some guy. or what have you. I don't know. I feel like that guy was just... She just hired him from, like, Seattle Jet City Improv. Yeah. <laughs> just yes and the whole way yeah. through this interview. All you have to do is, like, hand these papers over and look official and... Don't talk. I'm not paying you to have any lines, so definitely don't say anything. Ben is busy, so when Mr. Tojimura leaves, he is meeting with Hank. There's a really interesting shot of the hallway. Oh, right. It's just a long shot of the hallway. We've seen this hallway before. And Hank's coming down the hall, but he hears Coop coming behind him and does a quick duck into a doorway. And then at the same time, Coop blows a duck whistle. <laughs> which is just really funny to me. I don't and know. Bobby's also there. And then Bobby's like in the background. Sneaking around. Yeah. Sneaking around. Why is Bobby sneaking around there? I don't remember. Right. Yeah. Why is he there at all? He was just over at Shelly's house. Yeah. I'm not sure why he's there. He doesn't want to be seen by anyway. Hank or Cooper. Right. Yeah. Then the best thing would be not there. Right. <laughs> why is he even there? Is I don't he... remember. I mean, later he ends up working. Yeah. With... After like after they realize that the insurance money is not enough, he right. gets a job with Ben. But that doesn't happen yet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. It's just kind of a funny scene. I get. I mean, maybe. Dan Ashbrook was just there that day. They're like, "What if you have a funny scene in the hall? <gasps> what people if it's sneaking like... around." <laughs> <laughs> what if he was like just on his way to craft services or something and he, he got like, in oh, the shot oh, oh, what? oh. <laughs> Dana I think we can use you oh that camera's running oops <laughs> Ooh, sorry 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 that's what happened Hank knows to go in the back door yeah Hank's got mm. his little hidey hole he pops out <laughs> right? the secret door it's so weird and then Coop comes in and I love Coop's swagger though. yeah Coop is very confident taking up the whole couch like that yeah. He really manspreads all over that red leather couch. He doesn't like Ben much, so that's how I kind of read. He's just, you know, I'm here when I need to be. Yeah. Right. And I'll take your money and I'll get your daughter back. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's another, like, scribbled note. Ben writes down (laughs) the crazy directions. He wrote it it so messy. You can barely read it. Oh, the end. He wrote about the failed amusement (laughs) (laughs) park. Yeah, he's oh, there man. for a call from Jean Renaud to That's talk sorry. about the drop point for the money. And I love that it's like this very elaborate meetup place that we never see. Across the border, five miles east of Grand Fork, on the road to Castlegar, is a bar called the Colombian. Behind it is a failed amusement park. Go to the merry-go-round. Leave the briefcase beside the horse with no end at midnight. Alone. Uh, right, because they're not going there, so yeah. they knew they weren't even. It's not even a deleted scene. It's like we're not gonna have to we're, shoot this. So sure, we don't have to shoot sure, it. it's an amusement park. Same. <laughs> Literally anything that comes to mind. Five miles east of Grand Fork, there's a bar called the Columbian. But never mind the bar. <laughs> Behind, Behind that bar, the bar is a failed amusement park. <laughs> Why would you give directions to a bar when there's an amusement park? Like it's we easy. Be it's easy to find that. <laughs> 
I know why the amusement park failed, though. <laughs> if it's smaller <laughs> it's than a too bar. It's small to see behind the bar. <laughs> the merry-go-round horses had no head. <laughs> Remember when, like, directions were, had to have stupid landmarks like that? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, if you read the note... He, the directions aren't great <laughs> that he writes down either. He, did, he does write down five miles east of Grand Fork, and he writes Columbian, <laughs> and then he writes amusement park, but not then he did other stuff after it about the merry-go-round with the horse with no head, <laughs> and he writes briefcase also for some reason. <laughs> they have to just put like, in the briefcase. Re- <laughs> he puts the note <laughs> in the briefcase. Forget the briefcase. <laughs> Uh, he hands it over with the serialized notes, and and then <laughs> I love the Coop is like, stay by the phone. I know. Because it's that is, so inconvenient. In 1990, that is a pain in the ass yeah. to stay by the fucking phone. Literally, you would have to stay near it. Yeah. Although you would think at the Great Northern, you could call yeah. and someone call could go find house. Ben Horn. Yeah. I don't think he really has to it's stay by a phone. for Ben. I think he'll be all right. right. Yeah. I think Coop's just saying that to troll him. He's not going to call him. He just wants him to, to stay where he is. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't, don't follow me. Right. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're going to fuck it up, whatever you do. But he does something. He, he does fuck it up. Well, really, all he does is put Hank in he peril, Hank, which is well, fine. I know, that's... <laughs> Putting Hank on the job is, I consider fucking something up. Right. That's true. Yeah. Hank's not coming back with shit. Try and bring the briefcase back. He has a lot of faith in Hank. He's like, get Audrey, get the money. Cooper's going to be killed by Jean Renault. Ride that Ferris wheel. Right. Why does he not put that together? Like, what does he think was going to happen? That, like, they're going to kill Coop, but But he'll still get get Audrey? Well, and Audrey. Audrey, How's Audrey coming back? We're going to kill the guy who's bringing the ransom money, but... Yeah, you'll still get your daughter back. Like, what? Right. Logistically, and then he's like, that makes no sense. Too, even if it's a right. fair exchange. What is like it? He just got $5 million. What is it? It's like 100000 right? What's the care? He's he just trying to get the money. He's just <laughs> trying. I don't know. He's, he's not. I don't think he even expects it because he's like not telling Hank enough information to right. really do a good job of this <laughs> double cross that he's sort of like, eh, if you can, double cross this guy. Okay. He just basically expects Audrey will be released and not have a ride back home. Yeah, he's pretty trusting in Seems John. Like. Oh, right, yeah. I don't know why he would be, but he does seem to Right, John didn't really, yeah. Even though Jean Renault was like the fucking skeeziest. Right. <laughs> I guess he thought John was just going to bring Audrey back himself. Right. Ugh. Why would you think that? I don't know. Jean clearly cannot be trusted at all for anything. He is such a... Triple, quadruple, brother. It's so gross. Yeah, his motivation is, like, not really predictable either. Chaos. Just chaos, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's not just, like, a gangster who wants money or something. He wants revenge, and he just murders people haphazardly. Yeah, he's got some real Joker energy, which is I like not it. fun. He's, he's like the it. Quebecois Joker. He's definitely, like, a bad person. He's a good villain in the sense of he's a yucky dude. At this point, I think he's our scariest villain. Right, yeah, yeah. Besides Bob. I mean, yeah, definitely besides Bob. Yeah, that's fair. And for some reason, he liked his brother enough to want to get revenge. At the Hayward residence, Maddie and Donna are plotting to steal the diary from Harold. Once you're in Harold's apartment, move as fast as you can. This is scary. Laura's diary is in a secret shelf at the very bottom of the bookcase, behind a row of fake books. Now, I think that there's a doohickey on the right-hand side that somehow lets the shelf slide out and down. All the notebooks look the same, except for Laura's. Hers is smaller with a red cover. 
Well, how are you going to get him to go outside? Not outside, just out of the front room. And I'll signal you with the flashlight through the window. The door will be open. I thought you liked this guy. It's funny that she says that his hiding spot is behind a row of fake books. They might not be fake. The shelf comes out. It's not that the books are fake. Right. She thinks they are. And she drew a map, which, <laughs> which is, is very funny. funny. <laughs> that reminds me of something that happened to Laverne and Shirley when they have to break into their office. Oh my it's God. a double episode. Ooh. To steal a note they wrote to their boss quitting or something, but then they didn't want to quit. So they made a plan and they drew it out on a piece of paper. <laughs> Cute. Wow, what a connection. And never forgot that double episode. But like, in the first one, they did a great job. And it like, went really well. And it turns out that was them planning it. Oh. And in the second episode, they actually did it, and it didn't go very well. Oh, yeah, no. that sounds more it was, like the Laverne and Shirley that I know. Big <laughs> impression. I think probably the best episode of Laverne and Shirley. We should watch those and then do a podcast about them. Fun. <laughs> Okay, we'll Do we have to drink that. milk and Pepsi? Wasn't that their drink? Yeah, that was Laverne's milk and Pepsi. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a milkshake. Like uh, a root, root beer, beer float, float or so, yeah. Kind of root beer float. I would try it. Okay, I will try that. <laughs> uh, doodly-doo at One-Eyed Jacks. John has a little contraption set up for surprise stabbing. <laughs> he practices it on some fruit. Um, Blackie talks about how she can't wait to take over the business. But then she's like, wait a second. What about Ben Horn? Well, he gave up control of one eye shots. It's yours. With his daughter dead? You know, you love a good steak, but you don't want to know how it got on your plate. If Audrey's dead, why would <laughs> Ben Horn give me the business? What? He should be suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> this whole plan is she not going to She starts to get suspicious and he's like, never mind. Like, mm. he literally doesn't even have a good excuse for her. He's just like, forget it. Forget yeah. about it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And for some reason, she's like, okay, I won't ask any more questions. I'm sure it'll be fine and you won't secretly stab me. Right. Well, she's down bad for him for some reason. You know? Yeah, that's true. Blackie could do... God, the women in Twin Peaks are... Well, this isn't Twin Peaks, I guess, but... They have such <laughs> trash taste. Like, Absolutely. she's another crazy, beautiful woman. Why are you after this guy? Yeah. Unless it's just a sibling rivalry thing. Maybe right. it is. Maybe, like, they were dating first, and then Nancy I think that's him, what it is, yeah. She, like, didn't even really like him that much, but now that he likes Nancy better... It kills her. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Blackie's pretty evil. Even before Jean was part of this crew. Yeah, Blackie's bad news. She's not yeah. great. I mean, she's basically co-operating a sex trafficking underage girl. Right. Thing. Yeah. Not great. And shooting them up with heroin. Right. <laughs> so, so she's not really a catch. No. That's all I'm saying. You're right. They seem on the surface to be a good match, these two. Right. Okay, fair. But Nancy, he likes better because she does something Something new. different? Something yeah. Something he new. just says that to be mean. He's just fucking with her, yeah. yeah. She doesn't do anything new. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same old stuff. <laughs> BJs, HJs. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <That's tough. laughs> No, this isn't the show. Canon. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, that's all the stuff. There's three things. There's a BJ, but the butt stuff is not a BSJ. Your it's butt not a J. No. Your hands do jobs. Your I mean, blower does a job. <laughs> your butt's not working. 
You don't, they don't call it a job usually. Yeah, it's not like a vagina I, job. No, or I said that. I just don't know why. <laughs> why isn't it a vagina job? Well, I honestly feel like I have an answer for that, okay. honestly, because <laughs> hands. Jobs just mean you use your hands. Well, you yes, I feel like an, a handy or a beach is like you are doing something to them, whereas if you're fucking or oh, fucking up the butt, you're doing you. things together. Oh. If you have sex with someone, you're not doing a job on them. You're <laughs> what? No, you're right. I like that. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't know. So you <laughs> stop calling it a dick job? <laughs> yes. Dick job. A dick job. <laughs> Can you give me a dick job? <laughs> <laughs> My dick and your vagina work together at the workplace. Dick co-workers. Dick co-workers. <laughs> We're working on a project together. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's more like that. All right, cool. I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> At the police station, I guess the can-do girl can't. Because no, she's Annie not there. Is, I don't think she ever no, showed up. She never did. She was right. They should get a new temp agency. Andy is running reception, and he's covered in sticky notes again. How? How does that happen? Right. How many people are calling? Things get stuck the in Andy. sheriff's department. This is a character trait of his. He's like, yes. is that what the that uh that receptionist at BoJack Horseman? <laughs> 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 I think so. <laughs> but this is again so many handwritten notes, and then the blotter is like covered. Lucy just doodles all day. She does. She does not do much actual work. Right. People work too hard these days. This was back in the nineties when work was easy. You're right. If there's no right. police work to do, then don't then, do yeah, it. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't make up police work to do. It's the kind of job where you want it to be quiet. You want to just sit around eating stale donuts. But it's not. There's so much to do. It's been busy in Twin Peaks these last 12 days. Yeah. But not so busy that you can't make personal calls at work about your sperms, his semens. Why does he so determined to pluralize? I guess it's because there's a lot of them. Right. Sperms, semens. Plural semen should be semens. But it's not. Because it's not semen if you have one of them. <laughs> See, man. <laughs> he finds that his sperm count is back to normal, and Doc Hayward puts it in the most annoying analogy. Oh, God, it's a whole damn town. That's so dumb. There are not just three men on a fishing. How is it's that a, a metaphor for t- infertility? Right. Do you really need a <laughs> metaphor for like it was a low number, now it's a high number? I feel like that's clear enough. I mean, Even for Andy, it I sounds think. like Hayward prepped this person that he's it does sound talking like, yeah. to. Like this guy's gonna call. He's a big fucking moron. He's real dumb. <laughs> right. You have to speak to him like he's a child. You have to give him analogies, otherwise he won't know what right. we're talking about. As soon as she catches his name, she starts talking a lot slower. Yeah, and yeah. She's very impressed that he's able to repeat exactly what she says. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Back to her. Very good. Only go spermia. That's right. That sounds terrible. I have that? No, you don't have that. Oh, I had it. Uh, it's too Two few sperms. You mean I'm cured? Doc says there are not just three men on a fishing trip. They're a whole damn town. I'm a whole damn town. I'm a whole damn town. <laughs> Ugh, God. 
Andy no being stupid is a gag in Twin Peaks that I don't think is that funny. Yeah. <laughs> usually. It's not that funny. I don't know what I don't it get. It doesn't usually land for me. No. Same, yeah. It's weird. It's very weird. It's weird choices. Anyway, he's a whole damn town. Right. <laughs> in Harry's office, Coop is going over a map that he drew on <laughs> <laughs> Jacks. In preparation for their operation. Very nice map, especially compared to Donna's. Like, yeah. The yeah. lines are straight. And this is all from memory, I assume. It's like he taped pages together to make a little <laughs> scroll that he rolls up. Aww. He spent a long time on this map, I think. And he probably has, like, something like a photograph. He's got a Absolutely. good memory. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's something they do train you to, mm-hmm. to do in, like, the FBI, is to yeah. walk in a room and memorize it instantly. Like, know all the mm. things that are in it. Cool. It's a good map, although he does get a little turned around when he's in there later, but... Yeah. Hawk enters and says that he found Gerard at the Robin's Nest Motel on Highway 9. Hawk found more of that same drug from before, which has a weird, deep smell, he says. Same drug as last time. Weird, deep smell. We're still waiting on Albert's analysis. Good work, Hawk. Preparing us for how weird it is. It's really weird Really weird stuff. You know... Smell a deep smell coming down yeah. from, <laughs> from Gerard's medicine. <laughs> They're still waiting on Albert's analysis from the other syringe, and I feel like Albert could have had that done by now, but he's like, let these fuckers wait. <laughs> I don't want to do these guys any more favors. I don't know. It just seems like it wouldn't take him very long to analyze a medication. That well, he's it still is working on. really weird. <laughs> it's really weird stuff. Yeah, it should be easy to track if it's that unique. Right. Albert's all over it. Even not in the episode, he's fucking with these people. Well, they're on their own trip anyway. <laughs> They've got extracurriculars to work on. <clears throat> Harry gives Hawk a kind of knowing look that he feels like he's being really sneaky, and Hawk's like, what? Hawk, see you in the morning. He doesn't say thank you, which I find very annoying. Hawk's been working all day. Yes. On actual police stuff while Coop and Harry have been doing their stupid shit. I mean, it's not stupid well, shit. It's important. it's important. But, like, they've been doing their non-police business. Yeah. And it keeps sending Hawk on errands. And then he's just like, all right, you can go. Yeah. They like, take Hawk for granted. He's, like, the only one How doing... about thanks for all you've done today, right. Hawk? He's really carrying the whole department. Right. I, in the I return, mean, I do actually wish he had been the police chief. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that we got to see Robert Forrester. I mean, but... I mean he could have easily been a deputy. I feel like the way he's yeah. saying it, it's like he means we're doing a secret thing that yeah. I don't want you mixed up in. I still think he just owes Hawk a thank you. Yes. And especially oh, yeah. since... Oh, yeah. I'm not defending Harry ever. Seed. He says thanks to Andy, who definitely didn't do anything useful today. It's just thanks you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. He really isn't. Right. No. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Enough. Like, Andy gets thanks for being an idiot, and <laughs> Hawk gets... Nothing for basically. I mean, it's like they have a life later. They yes. have an oldest child, youngest child dynamic. Oh my god! No, <laughs> <laughs> the baby needs coddling. Yes. Oh wow, he's our special little baby. He's our special little yeah, guy. That's how it Go goes. make your own sandwich, Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> we expect more from you. <laughs> Anyways, Andy's doing a great job at the front desk. He tries to call Lucy, but he dials the wrong number. <laughs> That's when he gets Adam's. Well, it's not the wrong number. Like, it's the number that she wrote down. There, was, there were two numbers right. on the paper. Yeah. And right. the first one is uh, the name of his sister, sister. And, 
So maybe she wrote the wrong number down. I think she was trying to be sneaky. Yeah. And, and had those numbers there but didn't want to write abortion clinic above them. So she like had a code for herself. But she did leave a number for them to get a hold of her. She was like, this is the number from my sister. Uh, she right. I think she wrote but she put two she numbers. She put the abortion like, clinic number on um, the same piece of paper. Gwen, like Gwen and Larry. And then it's Gwen has a phone number and then Larry has a phone number. Oh. And I thought... One of them is really the sister's house, and the other one is Adam's abortion. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought okay. it was. I don't know. So it's a little clumsy way for him to find this whole thing out. Well, but I that's, mean... That's the plot device that had to happen. He had to find right. out that she was pregnant this way. No, he, he knew, knew she's she pregnant. Oh, that she was going to have an abortion. That she was considering right. an abortion. Yeah. She doesn't Which, have an abortion. <laughs> I don't remember how this plays out, other than I know she has a baby, but last episode it was screaming at the very suggestion. Right. That mm. Dick made, and then it's like, bye guys. <laughs> yeah, she Talk to Adam to Dick, and then yeah. Yeah. was considering it. Yeah, she thought it over a little bit. It's pretty mm-hmm. hypocritical. It is. Yeah, she owes Dick an apology. Honestly, kind of does. I know it's hard to say that, but it's true. Right. Abortion. Well, it is very, yeah. very funny to hear the guy answer the phone. Adam's <laughs> abortion clinic. Hi, it's Lucy. What? Adam's awesome abortion. For all your abortion needs. I assumed it was at Mount Adams. <laughs> I assume it was a man named Adam owns this abortion clinic. That's what I assumed too. And he has a jingle at a local commercial. Yeah. <laughs> and people Needed talk about it. right away at Adam's abortion clinic today. Say, so where did you get your abortion? <laughs> Adam. I got it at Adam's. <laughs> At the double R, Daddy uh. pops in to grab a large coffee. James is sitting there having dinner, and you've got to shut the fuck up, James. So what's with the coffee? Coffee? It's from Cleveland. You don't have coffee at home. James, I can't talk now. I need to go. You need to go. Where are you going? Home. Bye, James. I hate James. You don't have coffee at home, he asked her. Uh, you don't have food at home, James? Right. Like, people go to diners sometimes. I know. Like, <laughs> you ordering coffee in a diner? <laughs> he acts like that's such a strange thing yeah. to do. He's and also, she doesn't there. owe him an explanation no, for it anyway. Not. And she <laughs> tries to blow him off, but he isn't having it. <laughs> I can't talk now, she says. I love it. Yeah. And then he decides to follow her and just throws money on the counter. I know. Only on TV and movies. No one has ever done that in real life, ever. Just left an amount of money before they had the check. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's not enough. <laughs> I bet he stiffs Norma. <laughs> right. So he follows her. Mm-hmm. And then she waits outside of Harold's for the flashlight signal. Yeah. Is he, like, still following her? Is he in the woods right behind her? He is, yeah. Because he'll save them in the next episode. Yeah. We don't see him, but he's just creeping on them. (laughs) What are they doing? Yeah. What are the girls doing? Why wasn't I invited? Right. Yeah. I did think they were all in this together. They're little. Definitely tell that Maddie was going to do something that he wanted to be a part of. Mm -hmm. So he followed her. He didn't really. Donna's making you do some creepy Laura stuff again, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That is my. You're getting coffee to stay up late. (laughs) I know a Donna plot when I see you. Right. Poor Maddie, God. Yeah. I hate that she's spending the last days of her life fucking around with these stupid teenagers. I know. 
It kills me. No, she really but actually, gets... more importantly, it kills Maddie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maddie. At Harold's house. Yeah. Maddie's hiding in the bush with her coffee, waiting <laughs> for the signal while Donna tells a story that is in the secret diary of Laura yes. Palmer. But this one is from her perspective. But one detail that is just not the same at all is that, according to Laura, they met Josh, Rick, and Tim at the book house, not the roadhouse. Oh. She very pointedly says, it's a coffee house mostly for guys. It smells like coffee and aftershave in there. And there's like books everywhere. And she talks about a poster on the wall of like a guy on a motorcycle reading a book. <laughs> and he's a really hot guy that she like fantasizes about sometimes. And for some reason I always picture Marlon Brando. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if there is like a famous picture of Brother Brando reading a book on a motorcycle, but... I think there is. Is there? Hmm. All right. That makes sense. Um, There's like a little leather hat on, I believe. Cool. So, Donna's telling the story. She says they're nice guys. They're 20 years old. According to Laura, they were 22. Yeah. Yikes. They were 13 years old, <gasps> Laura and Donna. I mean, according to Laura, they were nice guys. They basically like hung out and made out, but then Laura was like, we're not gonna go all the way with you, and when we tell you to stop, you have to stop. And they definitely mm-hmm. at least went by those guidelines. I mean, they were still 22 years old. I mean, they didn't know their true ages, but I'm sure they right. <laughs> must have known they weren't also 22. Uh, yeah. It's nice that it's a good memory for Donna, at least, yes. I yeah. <laughs> He's talking to me, but I can't hear him. Only the kiss. I never saw him again. That's the first time I ever fell in love. I really like Donna's skirt in this scene. Yeah, she's dressed pretty nicely. She uh, brushes her hair really well before she goes over there. <laughs> she's trying to do her best to seduce Harold. Yeah. And it's working. He stops writing almost immediately. Right. He's, He's so awed by this story. Yeah. Her first kiss. She thinks it's the first time she ever fell in love. Harold for sure has a boner. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's like, will you excuse me for a while? Is he going to go masturbate now? What is he doing? Yes. Like, he puts the orchid in a vase. But yeah, it does seem like, like right after they kiss, he's yeah. like, hey, excuse me. I gotta me. go. <laughs> Bye. I gotta change my pants. I'll be back, guys. <laughs> Well, he's not used to having company. That's why he has such big pants. He's like, I'm definitely going to get a boner at some point. <laughs> don't want it. That's why the feet's in the front of the pants. Yeah. <laughs> they are really bad. Boner pants. <laughs> oh, my God. I bet that's true. There was a line that I wrote down from the diary that just made me really sad for Laura. She really liked this scenario with Josh. She makes out with just Josh and Rick, and she really likes the way that she feels. Mm-hmm. She's in command in this situation, and she says, I think that I'm being as good as I can and maybe more than most people, but I've needed to forget things for a long time, and this was an incredible solution. (sighs) Yeah. It's nice that she gets to have some, like, actual positive sexual encounters before everything gets so terrible for her. Or actually even during everything being terrible. Spooky tree transition to One-Eyed Jacks. There's an owl. Yeah, not what they seem. Coop's very freaked out by the (laughs) owl. (laughs) Yeah, Coop is like... His what? That is great. Yeah. I know. They're like, all right, Kyle, you're looking at an owl. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> and then they're like, owl, you're looking at Kyle. Right. <laughs> they really play well together. <laughs> they play off each other. <laughs> what do they call Magic. it? It's two people acting like that way? Is it a twofer? Two, a tour? <laughs> 
tour. A tour. Yeah, yeah. like a winner and a tour. <laughs> That's what it's. Yeah, you're it's right. It's a, a tour. Shot. It's a shot reaction shot. <laughs> it's a tour. <laughs> A two shot is when there's two people in the shot. Ah, okay. Harry's like, I got this about the smoking guard, and he does the most perplexing (laughs) incapacitation maneuver. It's so strange. It seems like you punched him in the dick. (laughs) (laughs) It was very sexual. He hit him in the dick. Then he put a ball in his mouth. He's, he's like, I know this guy. I know he's allow me. This I, is gonna hurt me more than it hurts you. He tapes his mouth shut. He tapes his mouth shut. With the ball in his mouth, and then he pushes him through right. the double door. When you tape someone's mouth shut, you're like, I need this to be quiet. Right. And then he throws them <laughs> through the door, which is not quiet. No, it's like yeah. a pile of stuff. Yes, there's all this weird clutter. And when yeah. I jack, so this heist is off to a great start. So They've been spotted by says, the owl. Right. Here he says, I got this. He don't got this. <laughs> Somehow they get lucky and there isn't anybody no, That's else not how they're made, so it does work. Yeah. Right. But they are still made by Harry's stupidity later. But first they walk through the future Tiberian baths. Tiberian. I googled future Tiberian baths today and all I could find oh, no. was like a band that was like Aww. called Future Tiberian Bath. That's a great band name. But mm-hmm. nothing about if... A Tiberian bath is even a thing. Yeah, what? Tiberius it, is a Roman emperor. Isn't it like Captain oh. Kirk's middle name or something? Uh, it also yes. is Captain Kirk's middle <laughs> name. That's what the T stands for. I'm surprised you knew that. <laughs> well, because it's also Woody's middle name on Cheers, and that, <laughs> I know it through that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> know that. What's Woody's last name? Boyd. Woody Boyd. Woody Tiberius Boyd. Woody T. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, pardon our mess. <laughs> there is indeed a mess. They follow the map, but then he finds a dead end he didn't know about, which I was just, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Coop's kind of hapless in a lot of this, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, he gets Audrey out, but then when they get stuck at the end, he's just like... <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, they have a drop he's like, on oh, him. fuck. <laughs> like, uh... You're right. He's caught off guard. Yeah. It's not like him to be so caught off guard, but like, once again, rough sleep. Yeah. There's a lot of this whole thing of them going through the hallways. They really had this set. They're like, we have the hallways, we're going to yeah. use them. And they were very well set, dressed with that wallpaper. Yeah. yeah. The wallpaper, we've got the, the carpet, spots. yeah, the paintings. The classical nude paintings. Very uh, bordello-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny when he grabs Nancy that he doesn't try to keep her quiet and she doesn't make any noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, let's go to Audrey. All right. Hi. Uh, would you take me to Audrey Horn? Oh. I don't think she's available. Let's double check. I know, at first he's like sort of pretending to be a customer of yeah. One Eye Jacks who's lost his way a little bit, but then he very quickly is just like, take me to Audrey Horn, and then... <laughs> it's so quick. <laughs> he holds out his hand as if to shake her hand, right. and, then, and, then, and then, yeah, within the same a, sentence. In an arm bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clearly a tactic that he has used before, I think. I feel like he was very confident It works, because she doesn't scream. Yeah. Right. For whatever reason, she's like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. It's not like she leads him to her like he's just like let's go you know what i mean like it seems like he knows where he's going and it does i guess it's like he ran into her so he doesn't want her to run off and right yeah. alert the guys with guns yeah he's like i just have to take her with me right now yeah. because otherwise we're in trouble 
He never trusts her. He does not like Nancy. No. He tells her to shut up, which is like not Very again. uncoop, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's not my idea, okay? nothing but meat on a hook to these people. Shut up. She's bad news. Yeah, he he's a bad guy. She actually, in, in the end, is like apologizing for how bad they've been. Kind of. Like, wasn't my idea. I didn't she says, but I feel like that's an excuse because then immediately she reaches for the knife. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's trying to stab him, but she doesn't do a very good job. Right. He's watching in the mirror. <laughs> you can and see. I know. He reaches back without looking. It's kind of an amazing, like... Yeah. It's kind of a flex. I'm sorry. I'm making so much <laughs> yeah, A little bit of a... Yeah. The no-look knife block. <laughs> right. It is adorable. The like the his punch. He's so clearly trying not to <laughs> hurt yeah. this woman in any way. You like, know. has this like, actress this? done yeah. any stage combat? Okay. No? Well, then no. I will yeah. be yeah. very gentle. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll pretend like my punch to the stomach <laughs> knocked you out. We don't want our hero like I don't want <laughs> hitting him a woman in the smacking head. women <laughs> yeah. around. No. Yeah. Or stabbing her or any of it. Yeah, like there really wasn't they kind of wrote themselves into a corner with that one. Right. He's got Nancy there, she has to attack him, but he needs to get out of this somehow while still being a likable hero. Right. I know who yours. I'm gonna take you out of here. He unties Audrey and Fireman carries her out. Harry continues to watch Blackie and Jean. He's whole... really watching for a while. He's he just, is. What? He's just like, I'll stay here. And... <laughs> you get up here. I got yeah. this. Yeah. I can't wait I'll to see what that. happens. Yeah, I want to see how this plays out. I'm to pull a donut out of his pocket. So <laughs> right. Or a ball gag. <laughs> yeah. He gets so into what's happening in that room that they completely see him. Or John's <laughs> And has time to shoot at him. Well, after he yeah, uses the Chekhov's arm device to stab her. And he Retractable. didn't need to use the device on her. Right. It's to be sneaky. She couldn't have been any easier to kill for him. <laughs> That's right. true. He just wanted to practice with it one more time. I feel like he really yeah, loves okay. that thing. He's so gleeful that earlier sense, when he's yeah. stabbing the strawberries. He, yeah. I guess he just loves his stab. He loves his stab. <laughs> <laughs> Stabby John, that's what they call him. He's really into his new gadget. He manages to alert a goon. He stops them at their exit. And <laughs> like you said, Annie, they're just gobsmacked. They don't yeah. know what to do. Uh-oh. I like that guy's look. He's a very cool customer, the kind we don't see in Twin Peaks very much. Yeah. He looks yeah. Like, a, like a New Jersey gangster from like Goodfellas or he something. Does. Yeah. They're very surprised. They're like, there's no way we can take this guy. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's for real. Yeah, we're at all right. This, this is a Nancy. Normal. Yeah. Harry's ball gag is nowhere to be found for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's one in the pink, two in the stink isn't going to work on this guy. <laughs> one in the pink. <laughs> he got it backwards. He's, he, <laughs> you should put more into the pink than the stink. <laughs> That's how it works. I mean, it depends on what the person's into. <laughs> okay. Uh, but fortunately, Hawk followed them. Good thing you guys can't keep a secret. I don't like that. That's like kind of cringe, like cliche right. action movie thing. It's like to be yeah. funny, the, the one liner. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Totally. And he throws a knife into the guy. <laughs> like, right. I guess he's trying to be quiet. So, knife would be the Well, way I to think because he's from far away. Oh, yeah. But he could have shot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he probably has a gun on him, but I guess the knife makes sense to be silent and sneak out without having to. They just want to get out of there. Have to happen. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to alert We've anybody. already killed enough people today. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I like his, like, casual outfit. 
Yeah. <laughs> like you got to belt. go home and change. Yeah. And, yeah. I yeah. feel like he went home and changed and molded over. He was like, what are right. these fucking guys I doing? Yeah. I'm going to have to say that. I don't think they have this. Yeah. And the whole time, Hank is there. Hank is, I <laughs> yes. know. Hank, Just so helpful. On his Zach Morris, another Saved by the Bell prop, his <laughs> Zach Morris cell phone. Right. <laughs> Fucking Hank, he just calls Ben and is like, all right, well, uh, they got Audrey, and I don't know. And then John sneaks up from behind. Who can this be? Is your lovely does Jean know Hank? He doesn't know him, right? No. no. So I think that Basically he just says that like, to say, this is in you. you. Yeah. 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 It says 425 yeah, pounds. How weird that that like... detail was important because I noticed it. Because you noticed it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the second close-up of his badge. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's carrying this around just in case he needs to pretend to be somebody else. I don't know. We just like, can't get it back to the guy. Yeah, it's I think like, he just it. he lifted it and it's... Has it? I don't um, know. How am I gonna get this back without getting in trouble? And you just yeah. do his little wipey swipey in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> do it in reverse. <laughs> Only if Ludwig comes back into the double R. I don't know if he will. He had kind of a weird customer yes, service experience. Gosh. <laughs> he just wanted a damn burger. God. And then I went to the bathroom and the busboy tried to follow me. It was so weird. Well, telling me how private it is. Back no, there. <laughs> it's pretty nice in there. And then we're at Harold's. Oh no! Oh my God! Donna's in the greenhouse window, <laughs> silently trying to direct Maddie to the secret. <laughs> That's really funny when she does the turning <laughs> motion. And she's like pointing around. She's like around the corner. If she knew that, why didn't she tell her earlier? Right. Like describe better how to get into it. I guess she tried. That's why I feel like Donna could have just found a way to grab it herself without Maddie being there. Yeah, I mean, she she had it. She knew she could get the book. But... Right, she knew where it was. Like, Harold could use a bathroom or... You know what I mean? Like... It, does, they just have also, a kink about getting Maddie involved in this bullshit. Right. He's gonna know it was her, even if she doesn't. Right. Steals it without him in front of her. Yeah. Who is the only person right. in my oh, house? You were here, and now my book is gone. <laughs> And you've been asking about it a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like, how did you think you were going to get away with this? You should have just run away earlier if you obviously don't give a shit about Harold. Right. Right. And just t- take it out of the house and be like, ha, ah, you can't leave. <laughs> right. That's she, what I thought she, she was doing in the much, first place. She like, should have just done that. She was going to do that, but then she changed her mind because she felt bad because for him. Because she felt bad for him. Yeah, she does, like, have 50% feelings for Harold. Ugh. Yeah, it's weird. She's like taking advantage of him and trying to seduce him so she can get the book. But I think she also also just hates James enough to do this. Yeah, there is a lot of that. It's partially James' revenge. She wants to be able to say she made out with Harold even if she doesn't really want to do it. Right. Ugh. But then Harold gets extra creepy. Sure does. Yeah. It's a chance for this very famous canted angle of Harold holding the, the mm. tiny rake. And then a reverse canted angle of Maddie and Donna clutching each other in fear. Are you looking for secrets? Is that what all this is about? Well, maybe I can help you. Do you know what the ultimate secret is? You want to know? Laura did. Is that an official name? I think so, yes. Okay. All right. 
It's not a tiny rake. <laughs> right? Well, you can see that it has the fake blood on the tines already before he puts it on his uh, face. Yes, I know. I saw it. There's a lot of blood on it first. Mm-hmm. He just is always scraping parts of his body with it. I guess. He's already <laughs> scraped something. That's what he did when he went. He's like, excuse uh, me. Excuse me. I have to go scrape, scrape my face. face. Make yourself a claw job. <laughs> Ah, tiny rake job, they call it. Some people call it a tiny rake. Yeah. Way to make it so that that was good. That's called a callback. (laughs) In the biz. That's how we do it. Uh, it's also really funny that they're in this tiny house. There are two doors to get into the That is so funny. <laughs> they walk out of the doors like it's Three's Company. Or Actually, so I really want to have Donna's drawing of his house now because it's such a kooky house with the two orchid doors. hallway to the kitchen with two doors that go into the main room. It is, and it's so sad. It's like a duplex. Yeah. Mrs. Tremont mm-hmm. lives next door. It's not great. <laughs> Bad news in this duplex. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So the last shot in this episode is Harold raking his face and the girls crying and the closed captioning saying, ah. <laughs> yeah. But it's Maddie has her great scream. Shirley does such a good scream. Yeah. They really did not do it justice with ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> no, she tones it down. Her her Maddie scream is definitely different from her. Well, not that time when she saw Bob. And yeah. Not oh, later yeah. yeah, yeah she, we that's hear some time scream. to full scream. To She's a good screamer. Out. This is just not the scariest thing that's going to happen. No, today, Harold, unfortunately. Harold is more a danger to himself, as we learn. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Thankfully. That's absolutely true. Thank God you're going to die soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's rough on Harold. But fair. <laughs> yep. Well, anyways, let's talk about the awards. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, the Roadhouse is proud to welcome. Well, first we'll do motifs, which I oh. think one is unhelpful floor plans. <laughs> Hand drawn, unhelpful floor plans. Pen to paper is a motif because there's so much of it. Yeah. You see so many different things written down. Stomach punches are a motif. <laughs> right. <laughs> Slugging people like the fight choreographer yeah. in this particular episode was like, I don't know, another punch in the stomach. <laughs> punch, <Right. in> the <laughs> punch in the lower stomach or the upper stomach, or it's all stomachs to me. There's a lot of talk about dreams too in this one. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of smoking. I like Donna's cigarette acting. Yeah, and her yeah. ash. That yeah, the ash more. is really good. I always get worried when I see a long ash in a movie because mm-hmm. I'm like, they should have ashed by now. But I know as you're filming, you kind of are at the mercy of your cigarette. And Oh, yeah. So it can be tough to get it right, but she actually does have a very long ash, and then she ashes on the floor. So mm-hmm. it's kind of satisfying, as the kids would say, that yes. that long ash actually ends up being ashed instead of being ignored. I wonder if that kills Harold. <laughs> <laughs> Ashing on the floor? Yeah. You think he's just like His house seems pretty clean. I mean, it's pretty rude to do that. <laughs> it is. Right. That's true. It's rude. But, I mean, it's also kind of like... You should offer an ashtray A metaphor for, like, I don't know. That was a good story. It deserved to have well, a release at the end. She wasn't paying attention 
she was so right. yeah it's true it's the money shot but it's, it's like, the money shot of her story it's like she was so into the story that she forgot that mm-hmm. she was holding her cigarette i know i was just thinking like when you were talking about ash continuity it must have mm-hmm. been just such a fucking nightmare for <laughs> i was already people. i was watching it being like i'm gonna be annoyed about the ash continuity here but i wasn't <laughs> i was totally like satisfied with the ash continuity that's uh-huh. great Good. i wonder if that's something that bothers Graham Clifford also, and he was like, I'm gonna have a payoff for this <laughs> And then I wrote gloves as a motif. Mm. Maddie and Nadine. And also, again, like, people watching other people, like a point of view of someone spying mm. on someone else. Oh, know. yeah, lots of that. Mm. Bobby watching Hank watching Coop. <laughs> right. <laughs> huh? People sneaking around. People are watching, like, yeah, Maddie watching <laughs> Donna, James watching Maddie watch Donna. Yeah. Harry watching Blackie. Right. There's a lot. Oh, and then that like extra little layer of the Coop video being on in the office. Oh, right. Yeah. It's just like paused on the They just Coop. have it. They're just like, this is our favorite right shot. Just yeah. This. Just, <laughs> this is the guy. Video. We're going to go meet him at the defunct amusement park. <laughs> maybe they the do look failed amusement behind the like, Colombian. Maybe they're trying to figure out how he's winning so hard at Blackjack. Because at that time, he was like cleaning up. That's true. Because he was hitting on 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he won a bunch of money, I think. Yeah, I always does. He and Dougie. (laughs) Mr. Jackpots. (laughs) It's true. Ceiling fan award. I think it's pretty scary at the very end with Harold having them cornered and he's such a creep jerk and they're stuck in his house, you know. I thought that was pretty scary. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought the heist of Audrey out of When I Jacked was the scariest. They did make very ominous music, which always kind of gets me. There's a moment when Jean Reno shoots at Harry and Harry hides and then, you know, tells Coop to run. And then he looks back and Jean's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's like my nightmare. It's like I'm, I'm shooting at somebody and then I can't, I don't know where they are. Yeah, anymore. that's and like, scary. They're obviously going to kill me. So I'm like, <laughs> if I don't know where they are, it's because they're yeah. about to kill me. So I'm going to be terrible in a gunfight. If we ever right. get, if we ever, <laughs> I mean, this is about, you know, right now, <laughs> if anyone's ever shooting at me, I don't think I'm going to be brave enough to be like, run for it. He's, you know, I'm just going to be hiding until I'm killed. <laughs> Oh. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be good in one either, probably, so let's just try to avoid them. It'll Unless we, us. like, maybe do some practice, like, uh, paintball or something. Oof, <laughs> no, no, thanks. All right, okay. <laughs> we'll just die in. We'll just die if somebody let's wants just to just all die. All right. We'll just die real quick. <laughs> That's us. The notebook. <laughs> it's the story of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Uh, my ceiling fan word is the mockery of justice that Judge Sternwood <laughs> It's pretty bad, yeah. yeah. You do like justice a lot. Ugh, well, I don't like injustice. <laughs> oh, my God. They probably should have had Leland in prison. <laughs> he should not have been He let should out. not have been on him without any bail. I feel like Lodwick makes mm-hmm. great points about his repeated public episodes and he, yeah, how a, he confessed to murdering a man in the hospital. And cold blood. That those mean, things yeah. alone. Not to mention the shit that they don't know about yet. But This is definitely like the old boys network being mm-hmm. like, ah, old Leland's okay. Yes. Right. I mean, it really makes me so angry that Harry is like... His family has lived here for a hundred years. That is right. such a fucking like, he's, he's, he's legacy. Alumni. Yeah. Right. The legacy defense. Fuck off. He murdered somebody. I don't care how long your family has lived somewhere. Right. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, this is definitely an A cab moment in Twin Peaks. Oh, for sure. yeah. Well, an A whatever judge too. The A jab. It counts. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like it counts. Ugh. Yuck. 
So that's terrifying for me. Fish in the percolator. <laughs> There's a lot in this one. <laughs> it's pretty funny. There were some contenders, but I just have to go with Adam's abortion clinic. <laughs> <laughs> It's a really funny way to answer a phone. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Adam's abortion clinic. <laughs> what does your friend Adam do? <laughs> he runs an abortion clinic. Oh, Adam's. Adam's abortion clinic. Yes, that's the Adam. <laughs> Eponymous Adam. <laughs> There's a lot that's trying to be funny in this episode that I didn't think was super funny. I think the cameo by Squiggy is pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. It, pinkle. Yeah, pinkle, it, pinkle. Pinkle, pinkle, pinkle. Pinkle, pinkle, pinkle. <laughs> I think I'm going to say with Sarah Palmer. Immediately <laughs> peeking around a column. Why is like, she I sitting re- there? It really tickled me. Just like it's so why she was funny. sitting in a terrible spot and then having to do that to look and see what was happening in the trial. <laughs> it is really funny. Yeah. It's especially funny to me that there's a whole row of empty seats just beyond the post. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here. This is the humor of Twin Peaks that I really like. Just yeah. the very subtle, like, what is happening? <laughs> like somebody made that decision <laughs> to have yeah. that in the background. I feel like there is a lot to, like, the theory that some of that is just she was sitting there in the mud shot and no one will question it because the show's known to be weird right <laughs> and she's weird i mean yeah. sarah palmer's pretty weird uh i really love kimmy roberts <laughs> delivery on sometimes the can-do girls pants yeah I think she nails it lol as the kids say <laughs> Yeah, that's more of the Lucy being kind of dumb humor that works. No, I think that's actually like a really clever thing to say. Well, but but she says it like she's accidentally found that turn of phrase, right? You know, so it's it's good acting, and it's and it's but it's like really funny, even though it's kind of a corny line, really. But the way she delivers it works great. Uh, LVP. Hmm. I think we're going to have the same. For me, it's the judge. (laughs) Drinking on the job, sending Leland off on his own recognizance. Mm -hmm. Not so good. I don't like his call on Leo either. Well, also him saying, does the town want a trial or a A lynching? lynching. Are you going to give them whatever they want? Like, why are you even asking this? Oh, they want a lynching? Let's let's do a lynching. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) Ew. Not yeah, good. That's horrible. Yeah, that's not really what judges are supposed to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Especially not ask the sheriff what he thinks the town wants either. Right. right? The sheriff's going to be like, oh, you're asking me what I want, I think. Right. He absolutely is. Yeah. And I guess to Harry's credit, he doesn't say, like, they want a lynching. Right. <laughs> They want yeah, the right I actually wrong. like we all hate Leo. in a surprise just, move by me agreeing right. with Harry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Harry's on his best behavior in this episode. This is a like, decent Harry, except for all the he, bad stuff. About he behaves you know. bravely in the heist situation, although a little hornily for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, he's got his ball gag just yeah. in right. case. It's just there. My LVP was also in the police area. That was Andy for me. Oh, like, yeah. I just don't like Andy's Siemens... No, storyline like I'm not amused at all by how dumb he's become with the right. post-its I'm a whole damn town is very cringe I just don't like that storyline that much yeah. yeah fair they make Andy super dumb and then he kind of saves the day a couple times in the series as like a counter to that mm-hmm. so he's got at least a chance not to be just a buffoon yeah <laughs> but I don't know didn't dig him in this episode I don't like the whole guy either <laughs> I don't know why they really want to stick with the whole pluralization of semen and right. sperm. And I mean, I get it. I, I like pl- mispluralizing things. You do like that, <laughs> That yeah. is one of the jokes I think is funny. I 
don't even understand. I, I mean, how I, that I don't like it when they're doing it here, but that is like mm-hmm. when I put the plural in the wrong place in a two-word phrase. You know, attorneys general is the is how it's supposed to be, but when I do that for almost everything, I always think it's funny. I wish they'd maybe done a like where he thought like one seaman was called a seaman. Yeah, good thing unexpected way with that maybe. Yeah, yeah. Alright, those LVPs are done. Let's do the MVP. Uh, we cannot do coop or sometimes we can do coop. Right? We never do coop. <laughs> okay. I mean you always have to because ask. Maybe we don't say this enough. The LVP is James notwithstanding because James is always the LVP. Right. <laughs> and the MVP is Coop notwithstanding because Coop is always the MVP. So right. in a way, we're always picking Coop. But I never pick Coop. Okay. <laughs> I felt like it was kind of slim pickings for MVP this mm-hmm. time. But someone who didn't do a lot, but everything she did was valuable, I thought, was Maddie. Nice. Because Maddie was very dismissive of James, mm-hmm. which you should be. And she did that really good scream. <laughs> and she was eating that bush for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was in the bush, but she had her coffee. She, and she got comfy, in and yeah. warm. I thought she didn't look comfy. I thought she looked bored and anxious. Oh, I like the two-handed drinking of the coffee. Though. I think she was cold. Everyone, yeah. I think everyone was cold. Yeah. I just feel bad for her having to... 100% feel yeah. bad for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie, yeah. To deal with Donna's fuckery, but... Who's your MVP? Oh, my MVP. So I was considering Harry because he's wow. never going to win it. But I, I almost thought he, considered he did pretty too, good this yeah. episode. And he was nice to Lucy saying like, go, do your thing. You don't have to be here. It's your day off. And bravery at the heist. But I can't believe you guys aren't like recognizing Hawk for his MVP-ness. I mean, he did <laughs> he's, he did kill a guy. <laughs> well, I him. haven't gone he yet. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone yet. I don't like the one-liner. You guys can't it, keep a secret. He so earned cheesy. it, though. They... I think yeah. it's very funny that he doesn't know what lesbians are, but I <laughs> did give it to Hawk. Even though he's got this big dangly <laughs> earring on, too. <laughs> I am going to go with Hawk because he's the only one really working this episode. He's working yes, so hard. Yes, he did hard. work a really long day. Yeah. <laughs> it's really long. He started at 5 a.m. Drink two pots of chamomile. He Camille. found Philip Gerard. He searched his room. He got yeah, all kinds of information. He and saved then he went them, home and changed and then he went back out right. it's hard to go back out pants. after you go home <laughs> <laughs> he had his soft pants on <laughs> he's like ah he just knew yeah he put on his large belt he's like i saw them working on that map of one eye jack so i know where they went so i'm gonna follow them a lot of following save their ass following and ass saving and then he does in twin yeah. peaks so yeah hawk congratulations yeah even if your colleagues will recognize you, we will. Right. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> really Weird Stuff is hosted by Annie Malone and Jessica Baxter. Music by Julie Cruz, Angelo Badalamente, and Jessica Baxter. If you enjoyed Really Weird Stuff, please take a minute to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Instagram at Really Weird Stuff Pod, on Twitter at Really Weird Pod and on Facebook at Really Weird Stuff Podcast. Thank you for listening.